Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Denise Drysdale's big ding dong. What really happened on the set of Holy Moly and will we ever see it on TV? I have exclusive details. Channel 10's ratings take a major nosedive. Is it game over for Australia's lowest rating commercial channel? And should the truth be told about dead celebrities? Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to another big edition of the TV Black Box podcast. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. Sarah Monaghan is here from her weekend away. Sarah, shrimp tanker she's known. How was the big hoo-ha? Uh, what stays in Key happens in Key West stays in Key West. Um, otherwise, I'm just in the middle of, um, you know, election mania with uh, all of the weird Trump votes and the anti-Trump people and Marine One flying overhead. Well, it's funny you say that because Sarah's decided she's now part of the Ben Robin Robbo election coverage and I'm holding her to that. So Sarah Monaghan will be part of our coverage. But guess what? The viewer's advocate Steve Malk is here. Mogs TV Talk or Steve Malk, whatever you're calling yourself on Twitter now, but the old OQ is still the same old one. Hello, Malk. Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. I'm a little uncomfortable that you talked about Sarah's hoo-ha so quickly. Oh, he's Benjamin J. Norris on Twitter. Hello, Ben. Good to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so glad that, you know, last week when you said that you would never introduce me first ever again, uh, that this is a a step in that direction. Um, Oh, yeah. You're lucky you weren't last. I saved the last for our special guest, the revolving fifth panellist special (laughs) guest each episode is none other than Aaron Ryan, who is rejoining us. Hello, Aaron. Hello. Thanks for uh, having me back. They said I wouldn't be back, but here I am. There was a campaign, but I never listened to the feedback. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he reads all the feedback and takes it really personally so he lies <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and before we get into the news section Mog, we do need to talk about the fact that um, last week we made some comments about closed captioning mm. on binge we have a there's an update yes Rob we do have whatever that is update and breaking news last month Binge introduced closed captions. Have a look at Mulk who didn't go looking. Um, and that is the problem. Well, congratulations to Binge for delivering it. I have spoken to someone in their team today and they did say they were really disappointed. They weren't able to deliver closed captions when they launched. Uh, my problem, and I said as much to them, it's a real shame that they launched it and didn't tell us that they launched it. However, I have checked mm. today. I have confirmed indeed that uh, at least the two shows that I looked at have closed captioning on Binge. That is a huge win for people um, who require them, people with audio deficiency and, and those sorts of issues. Great win because I think that closed captioning is a standard in 2020 that we need to be having and supporting, just as audio description is starting to leak into our free-to-air television. Um, so well done to Binge. Thank you and my apologies for getting that wrong. Good on you, Binge. All right, there's a lot to talk about. Let's get into the news. And let's start with a story we've been covering for weeks. Denise Drysdale's big fall on the set of Seven's Holy Moly. Now Denise has spoken out on Studio 10 about what she says really happened. Let's have a listen. I fell over um, in a situation where I shouldn't have even been there, so um, that's all I can say. And you were not playing silly buggers. That needs to be made very clear. No, I wasn't playing mm-hmm. it was 3.30. Unlike some stupid the... reports. Yeah, it the... was 3.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and um, a segment that I was doing shouldn't have even been, uh, been even considered and I did it and I shouldn't have. Is this a rewriting of history, Mulk? 
it, it certainly feels a little bit like it, Rob, particularly with Craig Bennett there on Studio 10 talking to Denise, effectively leading the witness, Your Honour, uh, <laughs> making sure that she says the right thing so that the story is consistent. Look, it's, it's a horrible situation oh, in yeah. the first place. Denise got hurt on a show. Whether she was doing silly buggers or whatever is now for the lawyers, unfortunately, to work out. But the broken shoulder is no mucking around. No, Mark. And let me be very clear. I really feel sorry for Denise and wish her the very best and wish her a speedy recovery. However, our reporting was correct. And not only was she playing silly buggers, I've been on the phone, I've been doing the ring around today, Mm -hmm. I can also reveal that it happened because she was chasing down a golf cart. Goodness. There are golf buggies on the set of Holy Moly, not only for the show Funnily where, enough. you know, as you would on a golf course, <laughs> but these golf buggies are used behind the scenes to transport people sure. everywhere. And apparently one was going past and she decided to chase it as a bit of comedy and she had a fall. I can also reveal Channel 7 are seriously considering playing the clip on air. As a part of the show? On the show. Okay. Apparently an ending was filmed and they are on the positive side of putting it to air. Obviously they're still discussing it. It may Mm -hmm. not happen. But my sources are saying it's very likely that will go to air, Ben. Well, I think that, you know, if it does go to air, maybe Denise has agreed and that's one scenario. And the other is that they're going to play it and she will sue them. So, like, I think that's basically the way that it's going to... Or they're doing it to cover their ass. Look at but what hang happened. on, what rights does she have to sue? She took part, she signed a contract, she doesn't get final edit. No, that's true. And I probably have given myself these two scenarios too quickly when there's, <laughs> <laughs> when there's really multiple scenarios and also multiple scenarios when it comes to Denise because she can be very fickle with this sort of stuff. So she might change her mind and it might go back and forward. But I will say that it won't feel right unless she has agreed upon it. She does have a good sense of humour. So she may. Look, at the end of the day, though, I do believe her medical bills should be paid for um, by the production company. You know, it has happened on the set, whether she was playing silly buggers or not, that is what you get with Denise Drysdale. She Mm. works up to the crowd. She plays along. I have no criticism of that whatsoever. Her medical bills should absolutely be paid for. Are they not paying her medical bills right now? No, we We don't don't know that. No No, one knows. We we don't know. Anyway, hopefully she gets better soon and, and it's all on her terms. But that is what Denise does. You know, like we had a situation when she first came on to Studio 10. We had this Perspex vault and it had all these prizes inside and she decided to climb on top of it and seriously off screen people are flagging her down get really down, fearful get down get down get down yeah, get yeah. down get down get down that's right Malt, because people were fearful she was going to fall right through the bloody thing mm. that's what denise does she's and fun I, I absolutely mm. i think tonight's theme and and safe word has to be silly buggers And now to the ratings race Where the block is edging further and further ahead of SAS Australia Now whether it's the time slot of the controversial show Or the anticipated room reveals on the block Nine are continuing their winning streak With a network share of 31.2% Kevin Perry reports on the TV Black Box website That Nine also won the 25 to 54 and 16 to 39 demos Kevin also says Channel 10 is in real trouble The Bachelorette continues Continues to crash and burn in another record ratings low. It's down 16% from last week in younger viewers' demos. Junior MasterChef also fell to their season low on Monday night. Have you been paying attention? Was down mm. 17% from last week. That's bad. And with the relaunch of Studio 10 still struggling to pick up any steam, on Friday it fell to a metro audience of just 25,000. Uh, Aaron, these are not good figures for Channel 10. No, not at all. Um, I think Bachelorette was a bit of overkill this this year with all three franchises on there very close together, the whole sister's premise and um, sort of bland casting. Um, but I think there's still enough in the tank to rebuild this brand next year. Studio 10, it's, it's just not the show it once was, and the point of difference has completely gone. Um, it just doesn't stack up against Today Extra and the morning show because now it's three of the same shows. I hate to say this, maybe it's time to kill that one. And with 10 looking set to lose wow. the, the rugby Ring the bell. Unit. Ring the bell. Oh. My daughter stole the bell. <laughs> but I think, I think um, yeah, with 10 looking set to lose the rugby rights, um, I think pouring those millions of dollars from that and Studio 10, 
that they've used and put it back into prime time and, and, and rebuild some of those franchises. I think Aaron's right. I mean, 10, ten are done for 2020. Their, their goose is cooked. Jamie, Jamie Oliver won't save them. There's no way that they'll be able <laughs> Jamie to... Jamie Oliver does not rate. Say it with me, people. Jamie, Jamie Oliver, Oliver does, does not, not rate. Have hate. Good Lord. Um, and the, <laughs> Good Lord. The interesting thing is, really, it's a two-horse race to the end of the year. It's nine and seven. And as I said last week, uh, while I was out with the size of my prediction, the block did beat SAS Australia last week. Uh, and because of the NRL Grand Final... Yes, nine won the week soundly, and with three state of origins over the next three weeks, they will win the weeks soundly. Um, I mean, SS is slipping, but nothing outrageous. It's kind of only a little bit that it's shrinking down. Uh, it's, I, think I reckon it's holding pretty well. It, it's doing okay. It's like a, no, a normal kind of dip. It's not seeing the kind of cascade that the block has, but it also has a big Sunday night to bring it back. But this is the situation. There's nothing else on television. Like, there literally is nothing else that is getting any kind of decent eyeballs on commercial TV. Gruen is still holding strong. The Gogglebox finale last week did good business on Foxtel and only okay business on 10. In fact, I think it was their highest rating show for the night. Um, It's a difficult time of the year. It's November. We shouldn't be having football, but that's what it's going to be. Everyone knows my views on The Bachelorette. That's what it is. Uh, I, I will stand, though, and say that I don't think that it's bland casting. I think that the ladies are lovely. I just think that the the whole premise has gone to pot on them. Um, though I am really keen to see what seven back up their end of the year and nine for that fact. Once um, these shows are done, like SAS the block, because uh, it's finishing in a couple of weeks, as, as in the block is, uh, how they run out to the end of the year. Malk, are we getting to the point where CBS or Viacom CBS might just decide? Channel 10's so much of a basket case, we're just going to shut up shop. Are we getting to the point where we really can't sustain three commercial networks in this country? People have been talking about it for years. I've always been, I've always said, no, no, not the case. I'm starting to feel it might be. Yeah, we had a bit of this discussion last week. It's a real Mm. challenge. And with uh, 10 in the state that they're in, it is a tough, bold move to support them. They really are coming up with nothing new and nothing that's giving them any numbers. And we're about to talk about, you know, their big start to the year 2021. I'm a celebrity with, let's say, some controversial casting tied into that. I don't think that's going to help them. Well, speaking of that, the rumour mill is churning away with reports controversial celebrity chef Pete Evans could be in the new season of I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. We know this will be a very different season, filming in New South Wales and not airing live, but could 10 be about to make the most unexpected call of all? According to the Media Diary section of The Australian, the answer is yes. What do you reckon, Sarah? Paleo Pete, will he draw the viewers or turn them off? think that it's an excellent choice because it will do either one of those and I think people who aren't going to watch it aren't going to watch it anyway and people who love Pete but don't normally watch those kind of shows will tune in I think a lot of people will tune in just to see if he really is that crazy or to hear more (laughs) of his views I think no I don't think Pete's crazy at all I think he has a lot of views that a lot of people have but they don't want to admit in polite company no, I think he's a manipulator who doesn't stand by his views when pushed on it. We saw that on the Ben Robin Robbo show when he wouldn't answer a question straight. He was more flexible than uh, the Elastic Man. <laughs> but, Ben, um, you, <laughs> you, Ben, uh, are always in the know. My word is that Pete has been in the mix. We've heard this for a while. Do you reckon it will happen? I think it's going to happen. I'm really quite shocked about it. Uh, You know, inside information was given to me about four weeks ago about this uh, and then it was backed up by the fact that when I went through the people watching uh, and I could see who was watching our interview with Pete Evans, I noticed that quite a few uh, ITV studios and Channel 10 people watched that interview and I think that was a really key sign that they were actively interested in him Uh, And then today, talking to a few friends of mine who genuinely are in the know, uh, they all said no comment. And that usually means yes. Mm. My question is, is will he, if he does go in, will he be forced to do all of the cooking in camp? (laughs) (laughs) Probably Um, not because they have to eat meat. He could actually cook Channel 10's goose, to be honest with you, because I think it is a bit of a risky 
I think it is a bit of a risky move, but and it just doesn't seem like something Bev would say yes to because Bev has said no to controversial people like Mercedes before going into the jungle. I am a little bit shocked about it, to be honest, but could this be the start of Channel 10 trying something, trying things a little bit different? Because look at Seven with their rebooting and rebranding some, some formats that we already knew and they took them to 2020, which was great, and this is what Channel 10 needs to do. They don't need to get rid of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. They don't need to get rid of some of those tried and tested formats. They need to do what viewers want and that is put some real people that represent the every like represent worth having a conversation about we need to have some water cooler moments people we need to be able to say Faras is a dick you know like there are good moments where we can pull apart television I agree that casting Pete Evans in I'm a Celebrity, if indeed that is what has happened, um, will do one of two things there is no middle ground on this it will either be I don't know if it's his redemption, but it will be an incredible sort of bit of, you know, celebrity reality television to watch, or it will be the worst idea 10 have made in a list of long, bad ideas. Um, I think the first thing that is absolutely going to happen if they do that is that they will have a whole bunch of people up in arms about, you know, the whole platforming, deplatforming scenario, but mm-hmm. they, they will say that he shouldn't be given the opportunity to even share his views which is what he will have the capacity to do in an I'm a celebrity scenario. There will be people that say he should be given the chance to do it, blah, 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 blah. Look, it, it's going to be horrendous, but we know that there are people like the the Mad Witches and Sleeping Giants Oz that will come at not 10, but the advertisers during mm. I'm a celebrity thick and fast uh, and suggest that they are doing the wrong thing by supporting a program that allows Pete to share his special brand of crazy. The only reason you go onto a show like I'm a Celebrity is because mm-hmm. you are no longer a celebrity and you need a new platform <laughs> yeah. to, like, reinvent yourself or remind people that you exist. So, or just get some money. Or just get some money. I mean, but Pay nobody... There are no actual, like, you know, A-list celebrities on this show. They're all people who need a reboot or cash. Oh, Warnie would argue that he is a list, but I hear you. I understand. <laughs> well, he got paid two and a half million, so yeah. like that was the that was when Channel Ten did want celebrities. Look, I can honestly say, and I I I feel that this is the direction they've gone in. That show doesn't need celebrities. You don't need to have your Nicole Kidman's in there. That show works well with with stars that you know are desperate because then they do silly things and and They're Australia. Eat a maggot milkshake. We love a rebrand. We love a reboot. We love the underdog. Nicole Kidman. Well, look, well, they're not going to get Nicole and, you know, Zac Efron was the one that really surprised me. They were interested in Zac, but he said not on your life. (laughs) As you wouldn't. Um, Aaron, let me ask you this. It would be a very shaky signature from Bev McGarvey if she signed the document to say that Pete Evans will be taking part in this show. We know that 10 have become risk adverse. They don't want to upset any advertisers. And there would, as Mulk said, be a real big backlash from Sleeping Giants Australia. They would come after I'm a Celebrity sponsors big time. So that has to be a factor. We also know that 10 turned down Mercedes Corby. That was a Big one that she that Bev was not interested in in the slightest, despite internal people at Ten pushing that idea forward. So where does this leave Ten? Do they jump in for the controversy and try and get the ratings, or do they go with their conservative side and not go down that path? They have to pull someone controversial. Sorry, Aaron, that was your question. <laughs> no. It's exactly it. As a, as a viewer, I say 100% definitely yes. I think it would be great to see Pete in there and see the reactions. If I was Channel 10 themselves, 100% definitely not. If it's just for pure ratings, then sure, you know, go with the, the rate. I think it would have to be terrific ratings. But if you're looking at publicity, negativity, backlash and so forth and what the tone of that show is, I don't think it's a good fit at all. With COVID, does this mean they're not going to have an international person this year? No, no one's international. There's one token foreigner. There is no one. I've been told there's no international people this year whatsoever. It's, you know, it's a homegrown show. It's Australian-based. So that's completely out of the equation. Before we move on, though, Rob, I just want to say something, which is this is what pisses me off about this. 
I'm a celebrity. The type of people that are going to watch the show, they won't have a problem with Pete Evans. And so the community that's about to make the noise to say deplatform him, they wouldn't watch I'm a Celebrity if you paid them. So then mm. why oh, don't we... No, that's come on. Seriously, Are you, do you think that Sally Rugg, who's the biggest ad, do, and you know deplatform everybody, do you reckon she's going to be sitting there with her girlfriend watching I'm a Celebrity? No. I honestly don't know. They're just. I, not. I have been amazed at what people watch. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's valid, Mark. But I think Ben has a very good point that the people who don't want people to appear on certain shows don't watch those shows anyway. Exactly. The backlash so we got about having Pete on our show were from people who would never even consider watching the Ben Robin Robbo show and they're telling us what to do with our show and for our viewers. But it was part, the crazy it was bat shit crazy. In, in part that's because they don't want to watch the show that the person in this case Pete Evans is on because they don't want to be seen to be encouraging something that they are absolutely passionate about making sure someone like Pete doesn't get the chance to share their views. A lot of people said Chappelle Corby was either going to sink SAS or lift it up, and she genuinely brought a core audience. And I think Channel 7 should say thanks to her because even though she was only in two episodes, it gave a lot of eyes on that show, and it is a good show. So that, you know, and she was the last person cast on that show, let me tell you. So, look, at the last minute, they got her in there. It didn't ruin the show. It actually showed a really different side to Chappelle as yeah. well. So networks need to take note of that. And I think networks need to take note in we want to see real people. Yeah, but we want to see really... people who make mistakes. We want to see flawed people. We want to see everyone being represented. We don't need to see all your Tom, what's his name, Tom Williams or whatever his name that took his da- top off on Dancing with a Star. Yes, that's nice. But we need to see some different colours. The challenge is that Chappelle Corby isn't going around. Like, she's did her thing, done her time. Good old Pete is still out there spreading his special brand of whatever. Because he represents a community of people that like him. There are people that like Pete Evans. There's people that support him. He has an audience. All right, we mentioned him, but now it is time to talk about Faraz Durrani. It seems the actor's true colours are coming to light on SAS Australia, despite him insisting he is being given the dun-dun-dun villain edit. Time and time again, we have seen him talk back to the trainers, disrespect his team, and he is now claiming that criticism against him is racist. (laughs) Of course it is. Anyone who thinks Faraz is a dick is racist. Sarah, give me a break. In my opinion, this guy has killed his TV career. I had to Google who he was. (laughs) 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 But Um, let's put this in context. You've been out of the country for his entire career so far. Well, but I read this and it was it said like that I was reading the script and I'm like, wait, who is this guy number one? And like where is he from? And I'm like, he was born in Australia. All right. You are not the person for this. Let no, me no, ask no, no, no. But he's born in Australia. So I looked at his photo, I looked at where he's born, I'm like, how the bloody hell do you claim that this is racism? You're from Australia and you've got coloured like pretty coloured eyes. Like, I'm sorry. Like what? What is race? Like what? To me, Sarah, there is no doubt that this guy has been subjected to racism in his life. I'm not going to say that hasn't happened. This is a racist country, but to suggest that Shannon Ponton was being racist in his criticism of Faraz is complete BS and is taking away from the truth of his actions were laid bare on the screen, and it showed him to be a dick. Now. Aaron, can the, a bad appearance destroy your career? Well, definitely, obviously. Look, I like Faraz. His acting is great. Um, Sarah, he's been in ones like um, Underbelly and, and House Husbands and stuff. I actually followed him on Instagram for quite a long time, and um, the person you see on SAS, he's like that on Instagram. He's sort of cocky, opinionated, sell, sell, sell. But that's kind of his character. I just feel for him a little bit because I honestly do not believe that he does any of this deliberately and he and he doesn't do it so that other people can get punished on the show. I, I, in fact, I think he's really sort of struggling. He just can't keep his mouth shut and he's he's not learned to listen to other people and to acknowledge how they feel. So that, But don't throw racism around. The racism card is so powerful. You can't just go and accuse people of being racist. I, I think it's important for you to... Look, I, grew, I went to Doncaster High. Donny High is what they called it. And a lot of the people I went to school with were a lot like Faras. And the interesting thing 
about this when it comes to tiptoeing up to the word racism, and that is that culturally there is something about Faras that reminds me of a lot of the boys I went to school with, which is a little bit arrogant, and that's come down from their fathers, that's come down from the way in which they interact at home. It's perceived by white Australia as being arrogant, but that's just genuinely their nature. So I will say with the comment there... You know, I don't think he does realise how arrogant he's coming across because that's just a part of he, who he is. So, but there's but plenty that's of fine. arrogant white it. people, like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, yeah. you know, fifth-generation Australians, but who can be complete dicks all the time, but they can't. nobody can say anything against them. They're just like, you're an asshole. And so if you say something about you're an asshole to two different people, one is racist and one is just, you're just calling it as it is. I oh. think that if you're a dick, you're a dick, and it shouldn't be like, oh, it's because I'm, I'm you know, brown or whatever. I'll try and tell the story as fast as I can and Rob will probably edit it out. But when I auditioned for Big Brother, it got down to the final 40 40 people in Victoria and there was a a guy there that was, uh, he was from Croatia and he was in the mix with what, Rob, you remember for my series of Big Brother as quite a lot of white Australian, you know. (laughs) Yes, I do very much. And he stood out. Like dog's balls. He really did. And he really struggled through the day. And we were told we were never allowed to go into a bathroom one, like with just one other person. There was a whole lot of rules for that day. And he had a meltdown and I just broke the rules and went straight into the bathroom and said to him, are you okay? And that was because he was so unaware because he was so different to everyone else that his behaviour was alienating other people. And I could tell he was, a, he, he reminded me of all the people I went to school with. And I, and he said to me in the bathroom and when producers came in, he said, I'm leaving. And I said, don't leave. I said, there's a really strong disconnect here and just you have to be true to yourself and the truth will rise to the top. So stick around. And he didn't get cast, which is disappointing because I thought he does represent a large part of multicultural Australia. And yeah. I think we do need to have conversations about the different cultures and about who we are. Sure, but not everyone from an ethnic culture is 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 arrogant. Just like not every Caucasian is arrogant or introverted or people are just people. And the fact is... Faraz is arrogant and that's fine. If he if that's his character, wear it as a badge of pride. Don't make claims you've been given the villain edit when it's all based on what you've done and don't accuse people of racism. It's poor form and that kind of attitude will get you, will make sure you don't get cast again in anything. I think he needs to, this is the lesson learned there with this one, is he is a fantastic actor and he needs to stick to acting where he can play other people. I think, you know, who he is as a person polarises people and it's probably not the career that he should, it's probably not the avenue he should be going down. Absolutely. The question is whether viewers will buy him in these other roles now. Look, the 2020 actor nominees have been announced and they include Lego Masters Australia, The Voice, Have You Been Paying Attention? You Can't Ask That, MasterChef Australia, The Block, The Project and all the other usual contenders. Mulk, any surprises for you? Not really, given the year that we've had has been so <laughs> light on right. that we just, you know, you've got to play a straight bat with this and go, here's what we got, here's what the pool is, let's take it to, to shot. I, I think, honestly, the interesting one was in the drama category where we saw a bunch of Foxtel dramas up against a bunch of Foxtel dramas. Um, and I would mm. expect uh, Wentworth to wipe the floor with all of them. Yeah, well, Foxtel is really the ones making the most Australian drama at the moment, really, aren't they? Uh, them and I think ABC is smattering of the ABC. Yeah. Okay. Well, the actors will be held in just a few weeks on Monday, the 30th of November. And I, this is my favourite story of the week. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Yes, it is the 30th. Yes, it is the 50th anniversary of the goodies. The 8th of November will mark 50 years of the classic British comedy, but it will be tinged with a bit of sadness too after we lost one third of the trio. Tim Brooke Taylor lost his battle to COVID back in April. Hey, Sarah, I saw you dancing away. Goodies, you got to love them. They were an afternoon classic on the ABC. I loved the goodies 
and occasionally that theme song still pops into my head and I sing it out loud and my husband's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but uh, Tim Brooke Taylor died while we were trapped in Texas and um, I was very sad and so I made everybody who was trapped in the house with me watch the goodies, um, which was interesting watching a bunch of Texans watch British comedy from... <laughs> Bizarre yeah. British comedy. They would not it's, have gotten um, at all. Yeah, and, and Mal, they good. were... And, Mog, they were so much bigger in this country than the UK. Yeah, huge. The goodies uh, were massive. And, and as Sarah said, you know, we, we raced home of an afternoon to watch them on the ABC. Uh, formative for me in my comedic kind of sensibilities and, and how I think comedy works. Love, love, loved all three of them. Uh, I think it was helped in Australia by the fact that you know, there wasn't a heap of sort of available to us. So when we aired the goodies and they ran out of episodes, they just played them again. Yeah. Just watch them again. <laughs> they kept on repeat down here in Australia as opposed to the BBC where they got one airing during the 70s. Uh, I think they did get played later, but, you know, whereas we were just on repeat en masse. Um, and so funny. I mean, there's some stuff, of course, that is comedy of the time um, where we either didn't realise or that was acceptable in that regard. But largely what they did was take someone who was a bit of a hippie, someone who was a bit of a straight guy and someone who loved the British Empire far too much as characters and helped us understand how you could just be stupid funny. We need to do that again. Put all these people who have nothing in common and put them together like in like the the young ones and show mm. that people of different, you know, mindsets can still be friends. Sarah, we already do that. It's called Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with the aforementioned Sarah. Thanks, Rob. The final episode of Insight, hosted by Jenny Brockie, will air tomorrow night at 8.30pm on SBS. The 2018 episode, Hungry, has been chosen by Brockie with a special message expected during the program. And the federal government has appointed Warren Mundine as a part-time non-executive director on the SBS board. Mundine, who has previously represented both sides of politics, begins his five-year appointment immediately. And it has been revealed where the next series of The Block will take place, and this time it's a sleepy suburban Melbourne cul-de-sac. The surrounding houses will receive their settlement next month with an offer apparently too good to refuse. And that is this week's Hatches and Spatches. Coming up on TV Black Box, the legacy of Sean Connery. Should he be celebrated... Or should we be talking about the horrible truth? And we'll be opening up the TV Black Vault with Ben. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And Robin Robbo. It's the most talked about TV show that's not on TV. And I think you guys are amazing. With raw, honest opinions. This was not a mistake. This was a lie. Exclusive stories. Some industry insiders have been talking about this. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? And plenty of famous faces. I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. (laughs) The Ben Robin Robbo Show is the new way to stream your news. This is the stuff that headlines are made of. Live every Monday to Thursday. Thursday at 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Ticker TV or Facebook and Twitter at BRR Show. Watch live or on demand. It's Now to the big issue. This week saw the passing of iconic actor Sean Connery, aged 90. But among the plaudits for the actor best known as James Bond, should we be talking about the fact Connery was known to physically abuse women? His former wife, Australian actress Diane Salento, experienced a decade of physical and psychological abuse. Here is Sean Connery talking to Barbara Walters about domestic violence in 1987. You did an interview in which you said 
Not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Mm. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love that. I haven't changed my opinion. Uh, you haven't? No. Not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad, it I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. Of what would merit it? Well, if you have tried everything else, and women are pretty good at this, they, they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and, and get into a really provocative situation. Then... I think it's absolutely right. Wowzers. Um, so, do we celebrate the actor and forget his shortcomings, or should we be talking about the truth of their legacy? Barbara Walters so- did not just finish. She cut it off before she finishes that very famous YouTube clip that I'm sure you got the audio from, and that is that Sean Connery has been married to his wife for... Now I'm making... I'm, I, I don't remember the exact thing, but she makes sure that he, she says he's been ma- happily married for like 50 years or whatever. It's something ridiculous. However, Yes, and sh- the reason I cut that off, Ben, is because as Peter Ford widely reported today, his previous wife is, and as we said in this intro, is still suffering psychological abuse from the way he treated her. Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, what's an interesting thing about this is we're talking about people from different generations, and I certainly do not condone uh, domestic violence, and this is something really dangerous to talk about, but are we talking about a different generation of people that probably thought that sort of behaviour was more normal? It's not normal, we don't do it anymore. Does that mean that he is a bad person I'm, the jury will always be out on this and that's not just because I need to hold on to Sean Connery and need to have him as James Bond and all these other ridiculous things. I just don't... I, I, I just... I kind of applaud his honesty to a certain level as well and it is just a representation of a man of his times, I think. I just want to say, Ben, it is not misrepresenting the truth to cut Barbara Walters out of the end of that clip. Her commentary about the subject is nothing to do with the issues we're talking about here. So I wasn't trying to misrepresent what happened in that clip. That clip is associated with his comments about the domestic violence that he believes is okay to take out. And then I think in response to that, though, the reason why that was there is because even Sean Connery's wife has got her, you know, that had stayed with him this whole time, she had said that he had not been domestically violent with her. And I think that... How do you know she didn't say that for fear of getting a hit across the chops? No, no, he did come out later, much later, and say that he regretted making those statements and that he didn't think... But, but, but so it was still something child... he believed in. And his first wife, actress Diane Salento, experienced a decade of physical and psychological abuse. As the child of a parent who beat their mother, um, because I witnessed it as a child, my mum says I have a selective memory, but I remember her hitting him over the head with a frying pan to get him to stop hitting her. Um, right. But growing up, like that back in even the 80s was still much more accepted and we've since learned that you know sure. it's terrible but i don't know if any of us should be surprised like you look at old bond movies and men slapped women all the time even mm. back in like when you watch airplane there's a whole entire scene where a woman is hysterical and there's a line of people to come up and slap the woman like that was accepted unacceptable back then so i think that men just grew up like you know, you weren't supposed to beat a woman, but I think people thought it was acceptable if a woman was hysterical that you could give her, you know, a little slap. You watch any old movie, even the old black and white movies, they are constantly slapping women and think that that's just how you how you tame a woman. So, and we've learned since then, and I think that he's of that generation where that was just considered okay. And so I don't know if we can look at him with our more updated, cultured, understanding eyes and hate on him for something sure. that was a uh, just just what people did. I think that all is fair enough. And this isn't specifically about Connery. I was more interested in this topic as an overall topic. But just on that, I do want to say, do you know what the rule of thumb means? It is a measurement 
that you cannot hit your wife with anything wider than your thumb. <laughs> so this was such a problem that men were beating their wives and they said, well, we've got to make it fair. So you can't beat them with anything wider than your thumb. Hence the rule of thumb. Now, Aaron, so we're talking about legacies. We know, I, I can tell you when these when the news about Rolf Harris broke and we posted that on the Nine News website, uh, Facebook page back in the day, we copped a torrent of abuse for reporting that news because his fans did not want to know the truth, what he was subsequently convicted for, of these vile acts against minors. Where do we draw the line in what we will accept from celebrity and knowing the truth? Oh, this is so hard. If this, if this was a new revelation, I could understand some sort of outrage. But even in saying that, based on what Ben said, it's, it's about the times. This interview has always been available and, you know, Barbara yeah. Robinson, and it was back in 1987. So people's thoughts about Sean Connery is based on his career, already based on that interview and based on everything else. And he should he should be remembered in that in that whole context. If it was something new and after he started, it was revealed that he'd been beating his wife the last five years, that might have a different sort of frame in your in your mind. But that information's yep. all been out there since 1987 and people have had an opportunity to um to know about that situation and to think about his career. And so yeah. These days people lead by example and what they're trying what people should be doing and as again I'm not a parent but you know we need to educate the children that violence like that is not acceptable and I think most people are raising their their babies that way. I think that they are raising children to say that that is not acceptable behavior. And that's and great. We, and we know More that education. now because one someone recently on a TV network was accused of beating their wife. They were immediately taken off air. So We've changed as a society, but I don't know, especially since. Yeah, but there's also the element of proof. People, I, I have a problem with people being pulled off air before they're found guilty of a crime. But we, but as Aaron said, we've known about Sean Connery and his ways for thirty plus years, and that if people were upset about it, then they would have stopped watching his movies, and obviously people yep. weren't. You know, so people moved on, and we've never. Ben's right. We've never heard anything from the second wife. So maybe he just was an asshole with the first one and then he grew up, you know, or he realized that he was a dick and changed. Um, was Connery ever found charged guilty or whatever around the stuff around Diane Salento? Or is it just that Don't she said so. it and it's we've all accepted it's a thing? And I say that as someone who says you believe the victim. I'm going on Peter Ford's reporting about this, who and he did actually meet Diane, and um, so I don't have the background sure. that you're asking for. But I'm not even. I don't. To me, this big issue is not specifically about Connery. It's just a an example. No, but it's to talk about the broader issue. No, I think we're getting a bit caught down on Connery specifically. But when an actor dies, mm. do we celebrate? Or do we go deeper? Here's the challenge, and I agree in Aaron in saying this. When we all know you can't defame the dead, yep. they can't defend themselves. Um, so to that end, you can say whatever you like. Sean Connery, insert a horrible thing here. Yep. Um, to to raise to raise something such as it was uh, about anyone. Let's say hypothetically someone very famous passes away tomorrow and somebody brings up, I remember in this interview they said this and we know this and I've met this person and they said these things about them. Um, I think if they are long-standing situations and certainly if we just touch quickly back to the Connery thing, he later addressed or at least referred to that those th those words that he said. Uh, it doesn't sound like they were covered off in, in the report by Mr Ford um, today. Um, that's the scenario. If, if you're going to bring up old stuff and not provide the balance in that and only go everyone's saying really nice things about the dead celebrity oh but back then they said they did these horrible things independent of whether they recanted uh, in fact even more so if they did recant and all you're doing is bringing up the bad things as a counterpoint to everybody else saying nice things i think that's scurrilous and disingenuous uh, well, if you're like going to provide Kobe... a... 
Kobe Bryant died and people brought up the rape stuff because, Mm. you know, there had been rape stuff and people like, how dare you bring up the rape stuff? We're Mm. celebrating the dead guy and he was a good person. So to me, it's very contentious about, it's not like Jimmy Savile where everything was great and fine until he died. And And then 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 everybody, and then everybody Mm. came out and was like, he was not this person that you think he is. And I think that's the difference of whether you know beforehand or you didn't. And, and the, the the difficulty in the Rolf Harris example that you gave, Rob, is that Rolf, Rolf Harris wasn't dead. Like, he'd just been charged with something and had the opportunity to answer for the claims that were being put yep. on the website and tried to, and you know, such as what it is. I was more just talking about how fans see their heroes. Oh, mate, everybody never wants to see the people that they idolise wants to hear anything anything bad about them because that's the whole point. Mm. We lean into supporting and caring for them. The, yeah, Whoopi did that. You know, Mark, that's an interesting... That's an interesting point that you make there because remember Whoopi Goldberg when she was reporting about Bill Cosby on The View, you know, she really, because of her own personal relationship with Bill Cosby, struggled with the journey. Yeah. Yeah, really struggled, uh, you know, with the journey that she had to go on with her friend. And that is that we all don't want to believe the the darker sides of people we love. But the the real truth behind all of this is it's all circumstantial. Different things are very different. Rolf Harris is very different to Bill Cosby through to Sean Connery. We need to gather as well, much information as we I, possibly I can. Probably wouldn't lob him into those two, but I hear what you're saying. All of these situations are, like, they're just so vastly different and I think cancel culture now is that it's a cliff and we just walk them straight off a cliff. Is it right to just walk them off a cliff? Yeah, but again, this is not cancel culture, right? What what this is, if you're going to eulogise somebody, give a full picture. We are all deeply flawed humans. We will all stuff things up. We will all do and say things that we regret, may not regret, but others find abhorrent. I'm sure there is stuff in my past that people go, Malk, you really shouldn't have done that. That was outrageous. Or Malk, how can you be this guy now that whatever, whatever? Like the nature of who we are is that we're going to do things that other people are going to think is wrong. When it comes to someone who is famous, everything about them is amplified. Everything. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the reality is that when we remember, particularly celebrities, we have to take into account the whole person of what's going on. That's not making a judgment. That's just saying they did some bad stuff. They They did some amazing stuff. The yeah. good they question to probably ask then is how does everyone feel about the Academy Awards and whether or not he should be represented? Like He should how... absolutely be represented. 100%. Absolutely he should. Yeah. In fact, pride of place. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably the biggest person to die this year. Yeah. So I think the answer about the severity of this story is found within that. I, I don't know. I think just because we would want to put Sean Connery in air quotes pride of place in the Emmys, sorry, in the Academy Awards in memoriam section doesn't negate that he did bad things or said bad things. But also grew. And, and, and as Barbara Walter said, he had regrets about what he, what he said and what his beliefs were. People do grow. People sure. do change. Absolutely. We learn from our mistakes. We learn from the way people react to our actions. So, God, I don't want to be judged by something I did at 16. It would be far more abhor- be, uh, be far more abhorrent to learn that given if he was questioned about them later in life, given the opportunity to speak and he didn't stand down from them. It's an interesting one. I've found that one of our best big issues in a long time. Thank you, everyone, for your contributions because I think that was absolutely terrific and I still don't know what the answer is. So (laughs) (laughs) now it's time to open that TV black vault. I've got the code. Ben, what have you got for us? A whole new sound effect? What? (laughs) He went to an electronic vault. Yes. <laughs> We've modernised. Yeah. It's gone from that Scooby-Doo sound of the vault opening and now it's gone to the modern buttons getting pressed. Regardless, they've got to go. Wow, it's, this is Robocop territory. <laughs> Last week, the one that was the most voted upon out of the three was that I said producers were inundated with requests last week to take part in an all-stars format, a rumour has it, casting for a back-to-win format had been leaked. This show has hundreds of former contestants, hundreds of former contestants who all think they're the most iconic. Um, I think I inflated the hundreds because then I went to try and add them all up, Mulk, and the story is Australian Mm. Idol. Australian Idol is believed Ah. when that comes back, 
we will see them launch it with like a back to win format. Sure. Which so when you say you inflated, do you mean out of those hundreds, five people contacted Channel Seven? No, I, I think I was that there was hundreds in that format. And I think, to be fair to Ben, if you take into account everybody that walked on screen and got yeah. on screen in even the yeah. cattle call interviews, yeah, yeah, there are hundreds of people that are in Australian Idol, 100%. But, oh, yeah, no, 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 there are hundreds yeah, in really Australian gets... Idol, but did hundreds contact Channel 7? No, oh, it's no, believed three. that they're, they're just people that in their own mind that have been sitting around. And it's funny because a lot of people said that they they guessed during the week that it was Big Brother. Mm. And even though I said it wasn't Big Brother, but, you know, look, at the end of the day, uh, there was a lot of people who contacted a producer who then spoke to me. And I don't know, this produ- no one's been cast as the EP yet on that show. So a lot of people came forward and said, I'm the most iconic. I'm the most iconic. Um, so it's an interesting one. But we've got a th- we've got three brand new ones for us to uh, dissect this week. So uh, number one, one popular show is now taking an unexpected turn, leading to some very different casting for the next season. The show has swiftly changed focus after one contestant proved viewers don't want nice. Yeah, that's interesting. Casting very interesting. (laughs) Bachelor. Number two, we've heard of the villain edit, but what about the hero edit? More than half the cast of this show has called the EP to ask why someone so nasty has come up squeaky clean. Ooh, now that's an interesting turn. I know who that was. That was silly buggers. (laughs) (laughs) I hope people are not drinking at home. Is that the game, Malk? People drank when you said silly buggers because they'll need to get their stomach (laughs) pumped by the end of this. Number three. Reality television contestants are notoriously known for being cheapskates, but this person has taken their love of free shit to a new level, asking Ooh. to borrow money from fans. <gasps> no. Wow, silly buggers. <laughs> and that's it. Do, 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 do. Now the number's closing the box. <laughs> what? Oh, All God. right, that brings us to the end of today's TV Black Box. Steve Mob, thank you very much. Sarah Monaghan, Benjamin Norris and Aaron Ryan, you have all been fabulous. Don't forget, for the very latest TV news, go to tvblackbox.com.au every day for the biggest entertainment stories that are breaking, exclusive stories, opinions, news and views. And don't forget, TV Black Box will be back here. The podcast will be back here next Tuesday. We'll see you later. Thank you. 